Hi, I'm Simon Matthews. And I'm Darren Morton. This is Leaders in Lifestyle Medicine. The stories behind the story. We thought we'd uh, kick off the first episode today by interviewing each other. What we hope to do over the coming weeks is interview people who are leaders in lifestyle medicine, people whose names you may know, people whose names you may not know. And what we really want to do is find out the stories behind the stories. Who are these people? What drives them? What are their passions? What sets them on fire? What do they love doing? What do they want to achieve? What have they achieved? What are their successes, their strengths? We really want to get to know who these people are. You've probably seen them at conferences. You might have read their books. You might have heard them on podcasts. We want to find out who they are. But today, what we're going to do is find out who we are. And so I'm going to start by talking to my friend Darren, who's here with me right now. And we're going to find out a little bit about who Darren Morton is. Nice to be with you, Simon. <laughs> and I know you, you're, you're just wanting to ask that first question that we were have been joking around with the sound engineer before we kick this off. So go, on, go ahead and ask it and I'll explain. No, I'm going to keep you in suspense. I'm going to ask a different question. Oh, okay. I'm going to ask a different question. Tell me, um, uh, look, lot, lots of people, lots of people will already know you, Darren. But uh, let's give us the um, give us the elevator pitch. Who are you? Who is Darren Morton? Well, I am the husband to one wife. <laughs> 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 That's a good thing. Uh, I'm the father to three kids, three teenage kids, uh, and look, I'm very, very passionate about the whole health and wellbeing space and, and lifestyle medicine for me, when I discovered it, um, just felt like a really natural home. When when did you discover it? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I, I couldn't, I can't tell you what day it was, but um, it was it was around about um, about 15 years ago. The first time I started formally hearing about this, this thing called lifestyle medicine um, was... I originally come from a from a teaching education background. I was a health and PE teacher in a former life. Um, I've always loved exercise, but what I started to discover is that um, whilst exercise has these fantastic um, characteristics and so beneficial, there are other things that are really beneficial for our health and well-being as well. Um, and I actually, you know, I, I feel shameful now when I think about it. I, I grew up and uh, I used to compete you know, quite seriously in various different athletic endeavours. And I had the idea that if you're, ex- if you're exercising enough, you could eat whatever you wanted. And I lament that fact now because I, I would have done better as an athlete um, if I had have realised the importance that, say, nutrition played in that. But then, you know, it also makes a big difference. I've discovered um, how well you slept the night before a race. And so, you know, I think I've always had this real interest, even though exercise was my, my f- first world, always had this interest in, hey, there are other things, you know, and, and these other things, how can we use them to, to really get the most of it out of ourselves? So I suppose my interest in, in health and wellbeing came from the perspective of understanding how to, to optimise performance, you know, particularly mm. in athletic arenas. But as I got older then, I realised that, you know what, it's actually, you know, whilst there, there are some people that are very interested in elite performance, there's massive needs amongst the rest of the community. Mm. Yeah, so I, I think mm. I, I, my interest started to turn more towards public health and that's where I started to get interest more in, you know, what can we do to actually help the rest of the population? And it was probably about 2008, I would say, that I first got introduced to a program uh, called CHIP, which is now known as the Complete Health Improvement Program. And it had this term lifestyle medicine attached to it. And I thought, what's that? And then what I discovered is it was this very comprehensive approach for helping 
effectively to treat the cause of mm. these conditions that most people, you know, suffer from and die from and today. Wh- and what did what did you think lifestyle medicine was before you began to learn more about it? To be honest, it, uh, this is probably not a good thing to confess in a uh, in, in a podcast <laughs> like this, but I, I didn't like the term uh, because it felt to me I, I'd always had quite a strong preventative approach to, uh, you know, that to me, prevention was is more important than cure. And medicine just sound, f- felt a bit curative to me. And mm-hmm. so I was sort of, I thought, oh, I'm not quite sure if I like that that phrasing. But what I've come to discover is that lifestyle medicine is about the full gamut. You know, it's, it's, it's about primary, secondary, tertiary prevention. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think really this is where lifestyle medicine has started to to gain the momentum that it is when we've, you know, we've, we've known for I mean, the studies are compelling that when people practice positive lifestyle habits, it prevents, you know, a whole range of conditions. And, you know, we know the stats, you know, probably 80% of heart attacks and over 90% of type 2 diabetes and the like. But then when some of those that pioneering work started to be done, you know, by by um, initiatives like the, the Diabetes Prevention Program, which showed that even for people who were at risk, this was really beneficial. And then... Of, of course, the, the the next step is to recognise that hey, these lifestyle practices are not just good for prevention and at risk individuals, but even for people who have these these conditions, they can be effective for the management and sometimes even treatment of mm. chronic diseases. Then, to me, I think you know this becomes this is the complete package. Mm. And so I'm um, yeah, that's that's what draws me to this mm. this space. And and I and I heard you talk also about your own uh, your own journey if you like in this you, you were effectively your own uh, research study. You, yeah, you, you look, studied I, the impact of this on yourself. Absolutely. I yeah. think self-experiments are a fantastic thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was really and save time on ethics approval. And <laughs> exactly right. No one gets upset if you if you do tricks on yourself. <laughs> but and look, I think that's a it's a really compelling part of the story though, is because many of the the leaders that you know will get to talk to in the lifestyle medicine movement have come about because not only have they seen it changes in, in the lives of, you know, patients and their clients, but in their own lives. Mm-hmm. And and I can tell, you know, from my own, I've, I turned 50 just a couple of months ago. And, you know, when it comes to my athletic endeavours, I'm still not that far behind where I was when I was, you know, 30 years younger. Mm-hmm. And, and, to, and, and I just know from my own experience um, that this matters, you know, this makes a difference. And when you can speak with those, that kind of authority, um, it makes you a whole lot more passionate about the message. Yeah, absolutely. What, what's, been your, um, what's been your best achievement? Best achievement. Now, in what, what, depart, what domain of life? Oh, any domain you like, but let's, let's keep it focused on lifestyle medicine. Okay, what's well, the, keep it the, focused on, yeah. What's the thing you're proudest of? <laughs> the thing I'm proudest of... Um, Look, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really proud of my family, to be honest. And I think that, that that is actually a big part of lifestyle medicine as well. Um, so I think that, oh, wow, that's a really tough question. Um, things I'm proud of, I, I, I mean, I have a goal and, and you know what, actually, I'll say this. I, I found in year 12, when I was trying to discover what I was going to do with my life, um, I always had plans to become an electrician. Because my dad's a, my dad's a sparky, and so I was going to follow in his footsteps. And anyone was my English teacher who who said to me, um, and I was lousy at English back then. Now, which is ironic, because nowadays most most of the day I spend having to write things. But um, my English teacher said to me, Darren, what are you going to do when you leave school? And I said, Oh, I want to become an electrician. And she said, oh, Okay. And she paused at me. And I remember, you know, why this this lady is is really has shaped 
you know, my life trajectory in some ways because I remember she she was this elderly chain-smoking lady and we, I went to a really rough um, all-boys school. It was a technical school for, for kids that wanted to become tradesmen. And anyway, it was just, it was, it would have been a hard gig for a teacher. And I remember every lesson you'd see her shuffle outside and light up a smoke and sort of shake as she was dragging on this thing, trying to get the, the fortitude for the next lesson. And then she'd come in. Anyway, she, she, this lady, she paused for a moment. She looked at me in the eyes and she said, electrician, hey? She said, Darren, I want you to go home and I want you to write down your personal mission statement. And I said, what's wow. that? I didn't even know what this thing was. And she said, it's what you want your life to count for. What do you want to do with your life? And she said, I want you to write it down and come and show me tomorrow. And so I went home and anyway, I found this bit of paper 25 years later. And this is what it said. It said, I would like to work within the health and fitness area in a position that is academic, academically challenging and offers the opportunity to have an impact on the lives of others. And I read this, I actually saw this 25 years later and I thought, actually, that's still what I want my life to count wow. for. Anyway, um, I took that back to, to school to this teacher the next day and she, she read it and she looks at me and she says, that doesn't look like an electrician. <laughs> and uh, I still remember her saying that anyway. And, and so she said, what does it look like? And I said, well, I actually would love to be a health and PE teacher. And I said, but I'm not quite sure I'd get into university. And she said, you know what? You're going to get into university. I'm going to help you fill in the applications. And so, you know, wow. so she she was really formative in, in, you know, shaping the direction of my life. So look, what am I, what am I most proud of? I think that um, I, I have great aspirations in terms of having a really big impact. You know, I have this bit what my BHAG, you know, big hairy audacious goals. But but I think that um, I've been in, I've been really privileged and honored to be involved in the development of um, of interventions, so the, the CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Project, and and more recently the LIFT project, which targets mental health and wellbeing. And when I, I see people, you know, providing feedback and, and saying this changed my life, you know, this, this has taken me from here to here, that to me, you know, you just think when I hear those stories, you, you think to yourself, all the late nights are worth it, you know, all these things. So, so probably... My proudest moments are those when I know that I've, I've been able to be a, be an agent of change and, and be part of someone's journey in helping them to, to realise their full potential and, and a greater health, happiness and hope. And they're, and they're the moments that uh, fit with that piece of paper that you kept folded up for 25 years and didn't look at. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Let, me, let me ask you something different. If your job didn't exist, what would you do? Oh, you know what? I think that I'd probably be doing largely what I'm doing. So I said to someone just not that long back, I said, I actually don't consider I've done a whole lot of work in my life because what I do, I don't really consider a job that much. This is, this is, a, this is a, a love job for me. I, I, yeah, it's the stuff that I, I get up early in the morning for, I think about in my downtime. It's, I just, I just nav naturally gravitate towards this space. So I look apart from the fact I love kite surfing and hang gliding and mountain bike riding and running and swimming and paddling. Um, I'd probably do a, spend a bit more time doing that, that those kinds of, kinds of things, but but still doing what I do now, you know, involved in you know, teaching and, and development of, of evidence-based interventions and um, doing some research um, and speaking with fine folks like you, Simon, <laughs> um, and associating with, you know, this, and this is one thing why I love the lifestyle medicine space because it's just full of those capable, caring and passionate people who are about making a difference and, and changing the world. So mm. I'd be here. I'd be here doing the same thing. Lovely to hear. Lovely to hear. 
we're going to be talking to some uh, really fascinating people over the coming uh, weeks and months. We will. And, uh, and hearing some of these stories about what drives them and what has meaning and value and purpose and passion for them. That is. And in our first <laughs> program, enough of me, enough about me, Simon. <laughs> it's, it's about you now. So who is Simon Matthews? Ah, well, um, well, you know, if I, if I follow the very fine example you've set, I would say, uh, you know, hus- husband to one, father to two. Glad I got those, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got right. those numbers in the right that's order. It. Yeah, well um, done. Husband to one, father to two. Um, my boys are, uh, I'm just I'm just a whisker older than you, so my boys are adults now, but um, uh, uh, who am I? So I'm a, professionally, I'm a psychologist. Um, um, I... Uh, and the CEO of uh, Well Coaches Australia, which is a health coaching school. Uh, it's been a, a great privilege for me, a great pleasure, a great joy to become involved with Well Coaches over the last couple of years, uh, and to be able to uh, to be able to see the development of uh, health coaching training in this country uh, for people who have health and medical backgrounds, and even for people who don't, for people who simply want to learn the skills of uh, engaging with people in powerful ways to support them to make changes that that have have meaning and, and purpose and value for them uh, so that that's me uh, that's me um, professionally uh, my my abiding passions are, uh, are aviation uh, I'm also a pilot although unlike you Darren I like my wings bolted on in the factory. Well, uh, I have bolts in my wings, but I don't have engines that that drive them. So, uh, well, I, I like I like engines and bolted wings. So, <laughs> um, uh, so that's uh, that's what that's what I love doing. I'm um, I'm a little I'm unable to pursue that passion just at the moment. Uh, um, you know, Darren. Uh, l- last year, I had the um, I had the misfortune to uh, experience a retinal detachment in each eye, um, completely spontaneous. Uh, I also had the very great fortune to um, to come across. Um, the person who must be the country's greatest ophthalmologic surgeon uh, who did an absolutely extraordinary job of saving and uh, preserving my uh, my vision. Uh, so uh, just... Actually, a... I, just, I need to butt in here because <laughs> I need to tell, tell the listeners that um, we were having a meal and uh, and he's holding up the menu like about one inch away from his eye. And I, I said, how on earth are you reading that? And he said, I actually had my retina detached and then they, they fill it up with that gas... And it changes the re- the refractory properties of your eye. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, anyway, and then and then you were telling me the story how over time the the gas gets replaced by fluid, and so and and there's a, a period where you actually see this sort of rocking sea constantly exactly through, right. your, through your eye. It's like having it's like having a spirit level in your eye. But unless yeah. you know, if if you think uh, Simon's a lucky kind of a guy uh, to have that happen, he's doubly lucky because <laughs> a short time later I'm chatting with you again, and and what had happened? Same thing, other eye. Other eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happened again, happened again. But um, yeah, like I said, my surgeon was fantastic, is fantastic, continues to be fantastic. A um, couple, couple little more uh, uh, straightforward procedures and uh, then I will have, uh, I expect, Superman vision uh, back again. So, so to uh, match the rest of your physique. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm going to I'm going to say too that that uh, mm-hmm. that principles of lifestyle medicine yeah. uh, I credit uh, with uh, my uh, my good outcome um, because mm-hmm. I, I learnt in the process of this um, that people with uh, underlying chronic disease tend to have. Uh, in this case, poor vascularization in their retinas, uh, and when they have these events, 
they can tend to have um, a very, very different outcome than what I had. So, uh, so, I, so I'm very thankful for having uh, stumbled onto lifestyle medicine myself and um, how, several years ago. Yeah, and how did that happen for you then? How did you stumble on lifestyle well, medicine? Well, interestingly, a similar sort of, you know, probably a similar kind of uh, story to yours. So I was a psychologist for a number of years working in the area of, of mental health and wellbeing. Um, anyone who has worked in that area will know that a psychologist's bread and butter is anxiety and depression, two most uh, prevalent mental health issues, uh, and they're the things that that people will most commonly present for treatment for. So, uh, so I spent uh, years and years working, you know, a great deal in those areas with a couple of other things, post traumatic stress disorder, and so on. But over the years, I I started reading, and this 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 probably goes back to the early two thousands. I started reading uh, increasingly about. For example, the role that uh, physical activity plays in mental health and the role even that nutrition plays in mental health. And I started reading more about this and then started doing my own digging and, and finding out. And the more I did this, the more I became convinced that it made absolutely no sense to sit in a four-by-four four office on a chair, stock still, opposite someone, talking to them about depression. That's just ridiculous. So I went out and I became a fitness trainer uh, and then a personal trainer. Then I studied uh, human nutrition as well and started folding those into my psychological work. And in the process of that, I stumbled into lifestyle medicine. So this is your own self-experiment in some regards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And um, so, and so that um, that relationship with lifestyle medicine. I, actually, the, I think one of the first times that uh, I was introduced to you was at a conference. And next thing you know, you were the MC for the, it was, I think it was the Australasian Society of Lifestyle Medicine. We'd had some interactions before that, but next thing you're up the front there, and you're obviously you got the voice for this. And this is we may as well you know let the cat out of the bag here. <laughs> we're sitting in front of these microphones, and I have this like. What's, I don't know what sock. this is called. It's like a sock, is it, over my yeah. my microphone? Simon doesn't have his, and so we asked Connor, the the sound engineer, why why don't why doesn't he have a sock? And I do, and, and the sound engineer very politely said that well, Simon has this this lovely deep you know resonant tone to his voice, and I'm thinking I know where this is going. So I'm the one with a squeaky voice, and I, so I need a sock. But um, yeah. So anyway, obviously because of your 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 sound qualities, you get seem to be asked to be the the MC of all these conferences. All over the world. It does well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Um, I have. I have done the. I have done the occasional. Uh, you know, uh, linking linking one bit to another in in our local conference. Uh, I did. Uh, I did unexpectedly uh, perform a slightly bigger role at the Asian Society of Lifestyle Medicine conference a couple of years ago in Seoul, South Korea, um, which was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it's, it's look. These are the things I love doing, uh, and like you. I love uh, I love doing things that make a difference for other people, and uh, it doesn't really matter to me what that is. Uh, lifestyle medicine happens to be the the area in which I I do that professionally, and and in fact, health behaviour change uh, is the thing that I'm particularly passionate about. Uh, I love I love seeing people uh, experience the joy of a change to their habits, a change to their behaviours that results in something 
beneficial for them. I love even seeing the joy in 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 people uh, come to a decision about something that they might have been wrangling with and and uncertain of. Um, so so anything that involves uh, decision making, behaviour change, health behaviour change, uh, seeing people take steps that are going to over time bring them bring them more life, uh, more thriving, more flourishing, more energy. And in fact, the end game for me is more capacity to contribute, and that, that's what's really important to me. That that all of this is not an not an end in itself. Um, flourishing matters because it means we can do something, means we can do something in our communities and with people around us. Uh, and and when I when I sit back and think about uh, think about those ideas, that's what really excites me. You know, I love that sentiment you just shared there, that, that whole idea of the end game being to actually empower people, to equip people to be in a better position to, to contribute and serve in some way. Mm. And what's, you know, what's, and as, you know, many of you be very familiar with, what we know is that at the, at the end of the day, this is probably the best thing people can be doing for their wellbeing is actually discovering their niche contribution that they can make. Um, you know, we, we talk about hedonic wellbeing and, and eudaimonic wellbeing. It's really that, that's what, counts in terms of life satisfaction. Mm, mm. And so, Simon, in the uh, upcoming uh, episodes, we're going to be speaking with some of these really remarkable change agents that have identified their contribution to mm, make mm. And, and are using their, their signature strengths for good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we uh, it'll, it'll, a lot of them will be very familiar names to people. Um, I'm hoping also that we'll be able to, well, in fact, I'm certain we'll find some unfamiliar names of people who are still leaders in lifestyle medicine, people who are making a difference in the area of lifestyle medicine. And I'm so keen to find out what their stories are, what drives them, um, what what makes them jump out of bed every day, um, what what makes them proud, what they've achieved, what they want to achieve, um, the mark they want to leave in the world. Um, that, that's, that's what really excites me to learn about. Absolutely. You've been listening to Leaders in Lifestyle Medicine, the stories behind the stories. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to you joining us for the next episode. This episode was produced by me, Simon Matthews, Darren Morton and engineered by Connor Bowers. Audio production by Podstream. The podcast is supported by the Lifestyle Medicine and Health Research Centre at Avondale University College. Avondale Researchers, here for good.